Welcome to Relentless Truth with John Warren, the podcast that extracts truth from a wide range of topics, revealing who God is, who we are, and how we relate to each other. Now, here's John with this week's powerful and practical insights. Welcome to Relentless Truth. I'm John Warren. It's good to be with you again. Please like, share, review, and subscribe to Relentless Truth. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, or you can go directly to our website, johnwarrenmedia.com. Please uh, feel free to send along your comments there, or go to, uh, you can send an email to john at johnwarrenmedia.com. I will be happy to respond and will try to be helpful. I am overwhelmed at the number of listeners we have at your consistency and uh, you, you actually listen to whole episodes and and there are more of you than I realized we've we've changed uh, platforms to blueberry and get better data and wow what an honor lots of folks in the US but we're also in a bunch of other countries with uh, significant listeners scattered all over the world so thank you and thank you for sharing these episodes on social media I don't do a great job of promoting the podcast. You might notice I don't post every day or twice a day like some people do. I I post each episode one or two times. And I just am so appreciative of your sharing and liking and spreading the word. It's such an honor. Well today I you know I'm gonna humbly say this. Today we're gonna talk about eleven things that will make you successful. Eleven things. I've got a list of eleven things that will change your life. Now I want to be careful and be humble about this. I'm not suggesting that I live this utopian lifestyle. I am suggesting I've learned a lot of things over the years, and I think they might be helpful to you. God has blessed us with financial success and other success, and I'm not Zig Ziglar, and I'm not Tony Robbins, and I'm not going to give you a pep talk, and it's not going to be a cheerleading session, but I want to talk about these 11 things. I sat down and wrote this out. I thought, what are the critical few, 11 things, I, I didn't think the 11 things, I thought about the critical few things, and I reached 11 and realized that, yes, this is the list. I worked on this for a while and realized that, yes, this is the list of things that will make us successful. So I, I know that my audience here is primarily Christian. If you're not a Christian, you're going to think the first one is weird. And you're going to think a couple others are weird, but the others are very practical. And and actually, the truth is, these are all practical. Biblical truth and practical advice go together perfectly, in my humble opinion. And I'll try to explain what I mean by that as we go. Well, the first one is focus on the gospel. Live your life in the context of the gospel. That is Another way to say it, the New Testament way to say it is preach the gospel to yourself. No biblical truth. Study scripture. You don't have to go to seminary. You don't have to read a bunch of theology books, although that's fine to do. Both of those are just fine. But you might not have time for a lot of that, but read the Bible every day. The English Standard Version, New American Standard Version, the NIV, the New King James, all of those are perfectly good translations. There might be a couple of others that I'm not thinking of right now, but read the Bible every day. If you don't know where to start and this is new to you, I would read the book of Romans and the gospel of John first. 
in the New Testament. You can find them both. If you are seasoned and developed as a Christian, have a plan to read the Bible. You don't have to read through it in in its entirety every year, but just read it, ponder it, meditate on it. The gospel is beautiful, folks. It is, as Paul said, the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. Uh, The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. That is his virgin birth, his, his being fully God and fully man, his living a sinless life on this earth, dying, being executed, giving up his life on a cruel Roman cross, his being raised on the third day, his resurrection is important, and then his ultimate ascension and sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. And we access his grace by faith, simply by believing, by repenting of our self-sufficient sin, our turning from our sin and repentance. Uh, it's really a changing of our minds. It's it's turning from our sin and turning to God and trusting in him. That is the gospel. The gospel is not just this transactional thing. It's it's the way we live. We are to live according to the gospel. That's what walking by faith is, realizing who God is, who we are, and how God relates to us. That is so important. So that's item one. I put it as item one on my list because it is most important. Item two, we're going to go very practical here. It's really related to item one. All these items are related to item one. But number two on the list of things that will change your life, that will make you successful, make us successful, nutrition, exercise, sleep, and routine. Dental and medical care are included in that. This notion of taking care of yourself, I I did an episode a few weeks ago that I got a little pushback on talking about my story, my health story, and my weight loss and how important that is. It It's just important to be as healthy as you can. I've still got some more pounds to go, as I said, in that. Uh, the, the, by the way, the app that I referenced there is is uh, Weight Watchers, WW. I don't go to meetings, but my wife and I use the app. I'm not selling anything. I'm not sponsored by them, but what a great forced nutrition program that is. Forces you to eat fruits and vegetables in a way because they're zero point foods. You get hungry enough, those raw carrots start to taste really good. So exercise is important. You don't have to train for the Olympics. You, you, you just, you just need exercise 40 minutes a day, a few times a week, three, four, five, six times a week, depending on intensity. You can get lots of information about that. You don't have to wear your joints out. You can do low impact, low intensity for longer periods of time. Or you can do higher impact, higher intensity if you're otherwise healthy enough to do so and young enough to do so. Sleep is important. Nobody talks about it, really. I'm not suggesting you have to go have a sleep study, but have have a time where you sleep. You know, schedule it. Uh, make it routine if you can. Some of you can't. Some of you have a house full of children, and you, you know, some of them, when they're infants and toddlers, you don't know what's happening next sometimes, and I get it. But we, we need sleep to run on. My wife needs way more than I do. She needs nine or ten hours a night. And I'm, I'm good with much less. But, but it needs to be an important part of our routine. Dental and medical care. You know, I wish somebody had sat me down and said, you know what, go to the dentist twice a year. Go to your doctor once a year. Get, get checkups or physicals and, and, and have your teeth cleaned more often than you think you should. That's just good, helpful advice. It won't 
it won't make you successful on its own, but these, these first two things are very foundational, these first two items. So we have the gospel and nutrition, exercise, sleep, and, and routine. And then number three, plan and create. And I, I know you think, you're probably rolling your eyes going, look, John, I don't have time in my day to plan and create. Well, we're made to plan and create. We're made in God's image. We, we were given the assignment of subduing the earth before the fall. And it, there's just something healthy about planning and creating. And that, that doesn't mean we disregard God's will and we realize that God enables us, but we need to be planners and creators. Build something, learn something, learn a hobby, get more education or, or go to a Bible study or engage with people, engage in ministry, plan, create. You can, you can start a blog and impact more people than you realize. Start a podcast. I did. Planning and creating is just part of our DNA as humans. And I, I know you probably think, look, you don't understand. I work all the time. I've got a family at home. I don't have any planning and creating time. Well, it's more of a mindset. Do it during your commute. Uh, do it Do it in downtime when you, you, everybody has some downtime. But plan and create doesn't mean become dissatisfied with where you are but plan and create i tell my students you might want to work for a big company when you're younger the first couple of decades and then you might want to do your own thing doing your own thing if you're if you can trust your skills and you know there's demand for it is really rewarding plan to do that i'm not suggesting that you mindlessly push yourself to do something stupid and and lose all your savings but I am suggesting that if you plan carefully, count the cost and create, you'd be surprised at what you could. I'm amazed at what circle students, uh, circle Christian school students do, how they make something out of relatively nothing. Uh, the businesses they start. I've got a student. I've got a young man who has his own business and he makes money and he works really hard. I, I love him. I'm thankful that he's in my class because Studying macro uh, macroeconomic theory is one thing. Having a guy in the class who's living it is quite another. So plan and create is three. Item three. Number four. Here's a good one. Study the habits of successful people. Now, one of the things you're going to learn if you start studying other people, don't stalk them. Don't make it awkward. Don't think it has to be Warren Buffett or Bill Gates or somebody who's wildly successful. You can probably find these people in your community, in your church, in your family even. But just look at the things and, and, and realize we're all flawed sinners. So, so, but look at the habits of successful people. Look at the things they do that end up making them successful. You're going to find some themes. I would urge you to focus on Christian young people. Focus on Christians when you do this. A secularist who does has enjoyed some financial success is not the person I'm talking about here, but study the habits of successful people realize that yes, they're depraved too, but just study the things that they do that make them successful. Again, there's no perfect. You won't find perfect, but we can learn from others. If you can latch on to a mentor of some kind, doesn't have to be a formal relationship. Wow, what a blessing. They can help you move down the timeline so much faster and more effectively. 
you can learn from the mistakes of older people and avoid some of those pitfalls. Again, you have to filter it with the truth you know. The advice that you get won't always be perfect, but it's worthwhile to spend some time studying the things that have made successful people successful. I wouldn't measure success just in net worth. I know some successful people around my students and their families who maybe aren't wealthy at all, but wow, what successful people they are in, in doing other things, in accomplishing things, in serving their community, in serving at their church, in teaching their prayer life maybe, and so on. Okay, so that's number four. Study or get to know successful people and find out what they do that made them successful. People love to talk about themselves, by the way. So um, that one should be uh, not, not too difficult to do, but, but use some discernment. Number five, develop a pattern of praying alone. Develop a pattern of praying. Pray often. Prayer is something we're commanded to do. Take your cares to the Lord, to God, in prayer. It just makes sense to do so. If you go for long stretches of time without praying and you suddenly become aware of it, then just pray. You'll find that you'll be more mindful of God if you do so. If you're married, pray with your spouse as well, with your family. If you're not, pray with a friend. Whether you're married or not, pray with a friend. Make prayer a significant part of your life. Make it part of your routine. Do it often, several times a day. Reading and studying scripture systematically is important. We said that in number one when we talked about the gospel. So is prayer. You say, oh, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to pray. I can't pray for a long time like some people do. Well, this isn't about some lofty bit of prose that you write and share it with God. This is about pouring your heart out. This is about asking God to help the people around you who are ill or who have needs. It's about asking God for wisdom. There, 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 are, there are prayers of just thanking God for who he is. And, and, and this works with number one, with studying scripture. Beautifully, those two things go together. Have a list of people you pray for with needs that you pray for. Pray for your family by name, whether they have specific needs or not. This is just a beautiful opportunity, a beautiful opportunity to stay grounded in your faith. Number six, here's, this is a good one. Stop relying on people who aren't accretive to your goals for emotional strength. I'm not, I'm not saying that you take people that aren't good for you and just remove them from your life. Love them, but don't depend on them. Stop depending on or relying on people who aren't on the same page as you and who are detrimental to your goals for emotional strength. I see people do this all the time. You're not just stuck with those people. I'm, I'm not saying you separate from them. You say, don't talk to me. Talk to the hand. Don't talk to me again. I'm not suggesting that at all. But I am suggesting that you kind of keep them in their place. You want to love them and you want to love them well. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. But you don't have to remove them from your life. But don't depend on them for your emotional strength. This codependency some people do where, and it's tempting for all of us, I get it, but 
but where we, we become codependent on people for emotional strength. And sometimes those people are abusive or, or are not really accretive. Just be aware. Keep those relationships in, in perspective. I would add, don't, don't, don't fall for shortcuts. This, this process is, is going to take some time. There's that these things that I'm saying now are complicated. I understand that. So don't, don't rely on people who aren't accretive to your goals for emotional strength. Don't divorce them. Don't remove them. Don't, you don't have to, you have to be cruel about it, but just don't depend on, don't lean on them. Lean on our Lord. Number seven, spend time thinking and being rather than just doing. And again, I know some of you, I see some families with lots of, lots of young people who just, it's all they can do, the mom and dad too, to just get them to their, all their practices and get them to school and get them to church and, and, and feed them and do whatever else. I mean, I, I understand that, that that can be really difficult. But what I'm talking about is, is, is thinking about just, just thinking, spending some time, take a deep breath. Instead of filling every moment with social media and music and noise and, and idle this and that, spend some time thinking and being. Focus on the world around you. And when we get to number 11, you'll see why. There's a reason. Have purpose in what you do. And I realize a lot of life is rather mundane. But I think it's important to spend time thinking and being rather than just doing. We can get caught up in the doing. And just do for the sake of doing. Number eight, think about your strengths and their intersection with what you enjoy. Now, that this is a powerful one. I try to tell the young people in my classes that I'll draw two circles on the board that have a small intersecting area. And I'll say, well, this one is your strengths. And then this one is the, the, the what you enjoy. And usually we enjoy doing things that leverage our strengths, right? But not always. And, and usually I'll have a few students who say, well, you know, I want to make a lot of money, so I don't have to enjoy it. I don't have to be good at it. I just want, I want to do something. What, what can I do that, that would, you know, I'm going to make a lot of money and I want to, I want to be successful. And, and really I would, I, I would say, go back to knowing your strengths and knowing their intersection with what you enjoy. That doesn't mean that work isn't going to be hard. It doesn't mean you're not going to experience some pain. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have to go through some training. I'm not suggesting that you approach this frivolously, but I am suggesting that you set up your career so that you don't hate Sunday nights before you go to work on Monday. It's important to do what you're equipped to do and to enjoy it. Sometimes you have to just decide to enjoy it. One way to do this is to is to get candid feedback from others. Now, I've I've been tested a couple of times by clinical psychologists in my banking career. For one one time, it was for a promotion. The other time, it was for getting hired by another bank. And I I got lots of detailed feedback from this day long poking and prodding and questioning and taking tests and 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 some of those are good and some are not so good. But but know your strengths. Talk to people around you who love you about your strengths and, and, and don't get discouraged. You're not strong at everything and 
you might have something you think is a strength and other people might say, well, you know, you need some improvement with that. You, you got to kind of temper all of the inputs you get, but get some input, decide what your strengths are and what you what you enjoy doing. A lot of young people don't know what their strengths are and they don't even know what they really enjoy doing. Get out and do some things and figure it out. And, and in your first job, you, you, you're out of college or, or high school or trade school, you, you might not enjoy it right away. Sometimes it, there's a, there's a ramp up period where you have to kind of just go through it for a while. And then all of a sudden you realize, okay, I'm good at this and I do enjoy it. So I'm not talking about just short term temporal pleasure. I'm talking about something a little deeper than that. But this getting a candid feedback is, is really interesting to me. And I, I, I hate to admit this, but I really enjoy watching American Idol. And I'm always amazed at the number of contestants who, you can't sing and they used, they used to have more of these on there than they do now. And I'm thankful for that. But every now and then they'll show one that, you know, they've got 20 people with them. They traveled across the country to be there and they've got signs made up and the person's all dressed up and they feature them and they, they just, Oh, I'm going to just have a career now. And isn't this wonderful? I'm waiting for my moment. And they go in before the three judges and, and they can't sing. And I, I often look over at my wife and say, wow, their friends hate them. Because nobody told him, and out of that a group that large, somebody should have said, you're not singing might not be your thing. So I think it's important to know your strengths. And now, if you can't do a thing, sometimes you have to go learn how to do a thing. There are some of those singers that aren't that bad, but they're just not ready yet. They need more training, more experience. Well, that's, a, that's a different thing altogether. God gave everybody. Yes, you, person who's listening and thinking, not me gave all of us a set of strengths that are valuable. We're made for this. He made us in his image. And he also gave us pleasure. He, he, he set us up to enjoy certain things. You can enjoy the fruits of your labor. Labor doesn't have to be miserable. So think about your strengths and their intersection with the things you enjoy and get candid feedback. That's number eight. Number nine, know your lane, but don't always stay in it. Now, this one is interesting. This requires some nuance, some judgment. But what I mean by know your lane is you, you are not good at everything. You're not assigned to do everything. Your responsibilities at work or school or in your social groups is not to do everything. You, a be-all, end-all does not exist. That You, you can't be Amazon. <laughs> you can't be the human representation of Walmart or Amazon. You can't carry everything. You can't do everything. Know your lane, but don't always stay in it. What I mean by that is you can expand your lane. You don't have to stay in it all the time, but you've got to know it. If you're weak at something, say you're tempted by something, you're, you've got some things that expose some weaknesses, you overcome them, train, learn, grow by all means, but know your lane. Don't go out and get yourself into a situation where you just fail repeatedly because you, you, you're doing something you're not ready for, or you're doing something that you haven't prepared for, yet, or, or you're doing something that you're not tooled for, suited for, whether you can learn those things or not. I'm not talking about short people not playing basketball. I'm not talking about that kind of thing. I, I'm, that, that's obvious to everybody at a certain level. You're probably not going to play in the NBA. I'm talking about 
the way God made you from a gift standpoint. Now, scripture informs us on this. We're really supposed to seek the feedback of others to confirm our gifts. That's actually a biblical concept. If you look at Romans 12, that working in community together and some other sections of scripture, you'll see that, yeah, we're supposed to rely on other people to confirm our, our gifts, to, to determine where our lane is, to continue the lane metaphor, but don't always stay in it. Venture out every now and then. Venture out safely. Learn to do something new. Sit down with an expert at something else that you never thought about, an opportunity you never had. You don't know. It might, that might become your lane. Experiment and study with areas outside of your area of expertise. Just don't live there. Don't make critical decisions there. Just experiment there. So I hope that's helpful. That's number nine. Number 10, I'm getting real practical now. In fact, you're not going to like this one probably. It's don't quit. We all hate pain. We don't like failure. We want to quit. We want to run from it. We like doing things we're good at. But there are times where if we're going to be successful, we just have to keep going. Life is not a hearts and rainbows post on Facebook. Life is not perfect. It's tough. Sometimes we have to just decide, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not quitting. They can't make you quit. This is tenacity is an act of the will. It is something you can decide. There are a lot of things you don't control, but I'll tell you one you do control, whether you quit or not. I've seen people quit right before they were about to ring the bell and get the prize because they just couldn't take it anymore. I've seen people quit because of a hard day. I've seen them quit because somebody was making life difficult and that somebody was about to leave and they quit. So most, most fragile people can, can still be tenacious. The most fragile people can be tenacious by trusting God. There's a God reliance that we need to have where we trust in him. These things all go together. These lists, these aren't all independent and they certainly aren't mutually exclusive. So, so don't quit. Keep going. Trust God when it's tough. Use discernment. If, you're, if you've gotten yourself in a position where you're not qualified or, or, or you're, you know, you're misplaced and, and you, you need a change, pray and think and ask God to lead you. But in the meantime, don't quit. Keep going. I could give you all kinds of sports metaphors where, you know, all the all the rebounds in the NCAA that hit the floor before they're picked up by I think it's fifty percent, which is shocking because they kind of play above the rim. But a lot of rebounds, a lot of wild shots come off kind of hot and hit the floor first. A lot of the tackles in the NFL are made by by people who got knocked down. Look at look at the tenacity of some athletes. Uh, look at. I think Tom Brady was picked up in the eighth round and look at what he's, he's become the goat, the greatest of all time. There are plenty of others. Brock Purdy, who's now in the conference championship quarterbacking San Francisco was the last guy chosen in the draft a couple of years ago, but he kept going. So many others just kept going. Politicians, performers, some singers that, that just kept going. They didn't quit. 
They had some talent, but they didn't get any breaks for a while. And they had to go suck it up and tough it out. Keep Tenacity is something you can decide. There are a lot of things you can't decide on. You can't like purpose in your head to do. Tenacity is one that you can do. I'm not suggesting you employ it stupidly. But think about it. Don't quit. Keep going. That's number 10. All right, you ready? Number 11. It's going to sound like a Hallmark card. Goes with number one. It sort of, it sort of impacts all 10 of these. Love others unconditionally. You say, oh my goodness, I thought this was going to be about success. 11 things that will change your life, you said. How's that changing my life? That's, that's helping other people. That's right. And it changes your life. Love others unconditionally. We're lousy at this. This is another thing we can decide to do. Just like number 10, not quitting. We can decide from this moment forward to love under others unconditionally. We'll do it imperfectly. This loving without reciprocity, agape is how it's referenced in the Greek, the Greek word. Love others unconditionally without reciprocity is hard to do. But what a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's loving generously, consistently, consistently expressing gratitude to others. It's consistently going beyond that and caring for the needs of others ahead of our own. Loving under others conditionally just rounds us out as humans. What a beautiful thing. You, you, you can do this today, this one. Now, you can't necessarily change careers and you can't necessarily study the habits of, of a successful person today, but I'll tell you what you can do. We can love unconditionally. This is world-changing stuff. It sickens me, saddens me deeply that the church in the local church, that we don't do this. We're terrible at this. We, 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 we love ourselves and, and, and we, we, we kind of want to seem like we care for others, but we're, we're really looking out for ourselves. Not if we love unconditionally. You'd be surprised. God is not a cosmic vending machine. Uh, God is, God, God does not function on karma, but he does reward us. He does act on our behalf graciously, abundantly, as we love others. We are naturally, we can naturally live a fulfilled life if we love others. It's just beautiful. And if you do it without reciprocity, it doesn't mean you take abuse. It doesn't mean a lot of negative things. It, 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 it means that we love unconditionally without the other person reciprocating. We don't stalk. <laughs> That's not what it means. But, but it means that we do what Paul says in Romans 12, that part that we haven't memorized, not verses 1 and 2, although they're wonderful, but outdo each other, he says, in showing each other kindness. Outdo each other in brotherly affection, I think is how it's translated in some. Have a contest to see how loving you can be. It'll change you. It changes us. It has changed me. I do it very imperfectly. For those of you who know me, you know this. But it's important. So that's our list. The gospel, focus on the gospel, preach the gospel to yourself every day and focus on biblical truth was number one. Number two is nutrition, exercise, sleep, and routine, dental and medical care. Three was planning and creating. We're made to plan and create. Four, 
Study the habits of successful people. Five, develop a pattern of prayer alone with your spouse, with your family, with a friend, often, routinely, several times a day, while, while also reading and studying scripture systematically daily. Six, stop relying on people who aren't accretive to your goals for emotional strength. Don't remove them from your life. Love them, but don't depend on them. Seven, spend time thinking and being rather than just doing. Easier said than done, but important. Eight, think about your strengths and their intersection with the things you enjoy. Get candid feedback from others. Nine, know your lane, but don't always stay in it. You can experiment a little bit and study outside of your your lane. Just don't live there. Ten, don't quit something you can control. Keep going. They can't make you quit. Tenacity is an act of the will. And number 11, love others unconditionally without reciprocity. I hope these are helpful. I hope they don't sound like some cheesy self-help podcast episode. I mean them deeply. If I prompted your interest, if you want more information, send along a note to me if you would. You can email me at john at John Warren Media. Or use our comment form on our website, johnwarrenmedia.com. I'd be delighted to be helpful if I can. So we've got Bible study, prayer, love, and a whole bunch of things in between that I hope are helpful to you. You're an important part of this audience. I am delighted to get to do this work. It is encouraging to me. Please share these episodes with others and I look forward to being with you again next time thanks for listening to Relentless Truth with John Warren please consider sharing this podcast and subscribe to receive future episodes connect with John regarding your comments questions and show ideas through johnwarrenmedia.com or at John Warren Media on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. That's all for this episode. Join us next week for another edition of Relentless Truth with John Warren. Music